so a different day today. Yeah, cloudy, rainy, and such an opportunity. The the weather, such an opportunity to notice our relationship <laughs> to things, yeah. and to also see if we can play with that relationship. Mm. So there might be a sense of ah, oh, cloudy, rainy. I oh, much. <laughs> much preferred it when it was sunny yesterday and then you know we can notice that we can acknowledge that we can bring kindness to that and then we can just gently feel oh, what what can I do with this yeah it might already have changed just with the kindness the sense of contraction there um, but it might also play with how we're looking yeah I'm I grew up in the Middle East, so <laughs> I've had a lot of opportunities to practice with the British weather. Um, and, and, and finding that possibility to think of, ah, you know, how wonderful it is for the plants that it's raining. Yeah. How wonderful. And see how that, you know, does that change the experience. Or it might, you know, I don't know how you're doing with the, with the temperature in the hall, but it might feel like, oh, I wish it wasn't quite this cold here. And, and we see that and we bring kindness to that if that's, if that's the experience. And then we think, ah, but, you know, what's the intention behind that? Ah, to take care of each other, to take care of ourselves. And does that shift? Yeah, we're not doing that as a kind of, it's not a, um, some dogmatic religious thing of <laughs> you need to be kind or you need to be open-hearted with playing to just see what, how does it impact our experience yeah. so uh, just a, an invitation I was just sitting here and, and thinking oh, a few years ago I don't remember how many I was teaching a, a retreat in December in the Himalayas <laughs> And there's no expectation of heating <laughs> there. <laughs> it's just okay. It's it's just what it is. And you layer up. Yeah. And you you enjoy the sunshine when it comes. Yeah. And so just like ah, and and the, and the it's okay because there isn't that expectation. So we just kind of notice that and we play with that and we really with that emphasis on on the playing, on the playfulness. So, kind of coming back, or not coming back, as this wasn't other than our practice, but to the maybe the formal practice. Um, we've we've been uh, working with bringing our attention fully, more fully into the body, right? Kind of grounding in the body, feeling the contact. Um, and we've been exploring a kind and curious attitude yeah. that we bring um, to our meditation object and to our experience as it arises. Uh, that's been our exploration so far. And kind of to say again, you know, the, the meditation object might be the breath, it might be the body, uh, it might be sound, yeah, it might be for some of you metta. Yeah. Right? So the meditation object might be different, um, but that attitude is is the same. 
And as we said, as we said yesterday, um, as we practice this way, this supports uh, the cultivation of space, stability, calmness, gatheredness, uh, less reactivity. I also mentioned yesterday the the tendency that we have, the way our minds are wired um, to notice what isn't quite right more than what is. So to notice what isn't going well more than what is going well. This is a a real kind of a a strong tendency that that we we kind of have inherited from our hunter-gatherer mothers and fathers. Okay, we've inherited that tendency. And so um, we've kind of been weaving this in, but today we're going to emphasize it even more. What happens if we actually, in our practice, we emphasize bringing the attention more to what is okay, yeah, rather than letting the mind just grow along its grooves to what is not okay? We're just going to bring that in a little bit, and you know we can see what's what's okay, uh, what's nourishing, yeah, what's supportive, what's pleasant, yeah, what's pleasant, um, and it's you know sometimes depending on your uh, practice history or your view of Buddha Dharma, that can sound um, heretical, even. <laughs> What? Turning attention to the pleasant. Wasn't the Buddha just talking about suffering? Shouldn't we just bear it? Um, and so, just to, just to kind of, just to name that, and that may be going on whether you're aware of it or not. Um, and just to say, you know, we're, we're tuning into frequencies in experience that are there. Yeah. So, you know, for most of the time, there's something in our experience that is going on that is okay. Yeah. The vast majority of the time. Yeah. And so we're tuning into that. Yeah. So just with the breath, you can just try it just right now. You don't, have, don't need to have your eyes closed. You don't need to be in a meditation posture. Just breathe and just notice, is there something in the breath right now that is... Uh, soothing, calming, pleasant, okay, you know, gratifying, yeah, anything, or, or in the body, or in just that experience of hearing, you yeah, of receiving sound. So nourishment, anywhere, that I can attune to. So we're going to kind of explore this or bring that, weave that into our practice. Um, and it, it does a few things, you know. This is really one of the beautiful things about our practice. We're always feeding, you know, several birds with one seed <laughs> as we practice. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're both kind of um, going beyond that habit of noticing what is not okay. Yeah, we're kind of retraining the grooves in the mind, rewiring the brain. And we're also, as we do this kind of practice, we're um, increasing the flexibility and the pliability of our mind. 
Yeah. It's capacity to, to move yeah, across a range. It's capacity to go to places that it's not its habit to go to. Yeah. And this allows yeah, more range of response, more movement, more possibilities to, in how we attend to what arises. So something that's really supportive in our practice generally, and particularly when we're kind of settling into the practice in the way we have been and opening to different frequencies in the experience, um, something that's really, really helpful is to have um, or to tune into a wider body awareness. I'll explain this in a little bit more detail. so we have the object, yeah, the breath, um, body sensations, sound, yeah, metaphrases. And another tendency that we have when something is in attention, the tendency is for attention to kind of um, adapt its size <laughs> to the size of the object. So it gets small. Yeah? Awareness gets smaller. It kind of shrinks in, comes in around the breath or around the sensation or around the thought. Yeah. Does that, does that um, resonate with your experience? Yeah. That's something that happens to us. Yeah. Just, it's just how, how our attention operates. It's very useful. Um, but in practice, we can also explore and learn how to have a wider body awareness. So you can feel like an awareness of the whole body. Yeah, and it's a very light awareness. It's not like we need to hold in our mind every sensation that's happening everywhere. It's just a sense of a wider field of awareness that's including the whole body. Yeah, having a sense of the whole body. Um, and this field has got sensitivity in it. Yeah, it's how we know our experience, how we receive our experience. And so this wide body awareness is not instead of the breath or the sound, yeah, or the particular body sensations. It's kind of like a background thing. Yeah. So we have this wide body awareness. Within that, the breath is moving. Yeah. Within that, sound is arising, being known. Yeah. Within that, particular body sensations are met. Within that, if you're doing meta practice, the meta intention and the meta phrases are uh, unfolding. Yeah. Does this, does this make sense to people? We'll practice it, so, so hopefully that will be more clear, but just as an idea. Yeah? And for some of us, this is very immediate, very natural. And for some of us, it's, it's a bit more of a stretch. And, and whatever you are, that's fine. Yeah, that's where we work. Yeah? But maybe just to bring in another example, you know, we, we know this intuitively. You know, it's like we know that we know things, we feel things, yeah? Um, we conceptualize things not just through our head, right? Like we feel it in our heart, we feel it in our gut. Yeah? You know, we say, I have a gut feeling. Yeah. So we, we feel it. So that's part of the thing. It's using this whole space um, to, uh, to kind of make contact with our experience. And so this supports more sensitivity. Um, and often it means that we can notice more about our experience and also notice it earlier. Yeah. So this is just something to say. It may, you may notice this today or not, but you know, I spoke about that shrinking of awareness and attention around things. 
when we're getting when we're used to kind of residing in this wider sense of awareness we would notice that yeah and that means we notice something very early yeah something is drawing our attention yeah pain in the body a thought we notice the shrinking we notice the contraction and ah okay so you can catch things much earlier and it also increases the range of our response. So instead of being, you know, having a small space to respond from, we actually have this whole larger space yeah, to notice things, to um, be alerted to what is going on, to be sensitive, and also to move from and to respond from. So the invitation with the practice today, the first part of it, is this wide body awareness. Um, and within that, uh, the particular object, yeah, the breath, the body, the sound, uh, the metaphrases, and within that, tuning in to uh, the nourishing, yeah, the okay, the good enough, um, pleasant, the lovely. And then, <laughs> within that, it may be that, you know, we just have a day of bliss, yeah, um, but even within a day of, of bliss, one of my teachers says, if someone comes to me for an interview and says they have no hindrances, I just think they're not paying attention. <laughs> so even within a day of bliss, there'll probably be some hindrances. Anyway, so within that, we're also willing yeah, and ready to notice when reactivity arises yeah, and to attend to it. Such a beautiful word, attend. We don't use it a lot. Yeah. Such a beautiful, yeah, it has the attention and the care in it, right? To attend to something. So we attend. When reactivity arises, um, we can attend to it. And I want to say a little bit about uh, attending to two uh, types of reactivity, which of course are related. One is the hindrances that I mentioned yesterday. The other is pain in the body. So I'll just speak a little bit about ways of attending to those. So just to um, to remind us uh, the hindrances that um, that the Buddha spoke about. He spoke about five in particular: um, desire and aversion, restlessness and uh, dullness or low energy, and doubt. Yeah, these are the five. And I'm gonna I'm gonna speak about them generally. Yeah, I'm gonna offer some ways of working with them that are general ways, and um, you you can explore for yourself and see there may be particular uh, ways that of responding that are helpful for you with particular hindrances. Yeah. So the first response <laughs> to noticing a hindrance is to recognize it, to allow that it's arising that it's here, and then to see if we can just let go of it or stop feeding it. It might still be there in the background, yeah? but we're not feeding it with our attention, and we come back to the object of our practice and what is okay. And maybe you can see already why this is powerful, to cultivate the capacity to bring attention to what is okay. Because it's much nicer <laughs> for our mind to go towards what is okay than, than to just something that's neutral, that's perceived as neutral. Yeah, perceived as neutral. Yeah. 
So that's the first response. We recognize, ah, there's some aversion arising, or there's some restlessness arising. Just see it, it's arising. Yeah. But I don't need to feed it with my attention. Yeah. So I'm noticing it, I'm recognizing it, I'm allowing it, I might be taking a breath or a few breaths with it. Yeah. And then gently bringing my attention, and this is a skill that we're cultivating, yeah, to shift the attention from the momentum, from where it tends to be drawn to something else. Yeah. So back to the breath or the body or the sound, and particularly tuning into what is okay or pleasant about them. Yeah. So that's our first response. And sometimes, again, same teacher that I just mentioned, he used to say, um, sometimes you know, you're practicing and you, you really, you're in the practice, and the hindrances are there, and you used to use the image, they're like a bunch of yappy terriers in the background. <laughs> yapping around, yeah, but they're yapping and they're, and they're not in the center, they're somewhere around, yeah, and you're, and you're here with, with your practice. It's a very beautiful experience to see that. Sometimes the mind will just keep getting pulled back to the hindrances, it just will keep getting pulled back, that momentum is strong, it's conditioned, it's not your fault <laughs> that it's happening, it just keeps being pulled back, um, and so you keep dancing that dance, yeah, of like uh, being pulled back to the hindrances, and coming back to the um, to the breath or the sound, you know, pulled again, coming back, um, and if at some point it feels like okay, this needs my attention, yeah, I need to actually engage with the hindrances, I need to work with them, yeah, uh, more fully. Um, then here are some suggestions of what to do. Okay, so there's the first response, and just gauging for ourselves, and this will change yeah, from time to time. It's not always going to be the same. Yeah, when is it fruitful to keep coming back to the object, uh, and when is it time to turn the attention yeah, to the hindrances and, and work with them and engage with them? So, uh, some suggestions. Um, Playing with the space of awareness. Yeah. So we've been cultivating this wide body awareness. We're playing with the space of awareness. Yeah. We're increasing it. Yeah. So it might be the whole body, because again, hindrances, for sure, it will shrink. Might be the whole body. Might be even larger than the body. Yeah. We might um, play with making our awareness as large as the room. We might play with making our awareness as large as uh, the furthest sounds we can hear. Yeah? It's an amazing thing about awareness. It's very, very elastic. <laughs> you just listen to the furthest sound you can hear. It becomes as big as that. Yeah? So we're, we're playing with that sense of, of awareness, of, of opening it and widening it, and noticing what happens. Yeah? And often, more space... The hindrance might still be there, but it's just one more thing happening in a very large space. So it loses its, um, its power in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And this, this is, is true for, for most of them. Yeah. Um, this, this might be helpful. So that's one, one way of engaging. Another is if you're using the breath, or if the breath is accessible to you, so you might be doing meta practice, but you can still use the breath, it's accessible. Um, you can play with the breath. 
Yeah, notice what happens if you put more attention, bring more attention to the in-breath or to the out-breath. Yeah. Or you play with feeling the breath as it comes in, not just moving through the nostrils and moving in and out of the chest and the belly, but just feel the breath filling out the whole space of the body. Yeah. And then on the out-breath, the, the relaxation and the ease. So this can be another uh, way of engaging. Uh, the posture mentioned it yesterday. Yeah. Noticing uh, with the posture, uh, what's happening with my body right now? So there's you know all kinds of things that might be happening. If there's desire, we might be leaning forward. <laughs> if there's aversion, there might be a leaning back. Yeah. Often um, there'll just be a going back to some habitual way that our body is, or that we you know. And often it might be. Uh, again, smaller space. Yeah, that's for many of us, that's the habitual way that, um, that the body shape goes to. And so with that, ah, playing with the posture. Yeah, what happens if I, um, if I just open? Yeah. I might be changing the, the hands, you know. I know for myself, when my hands are down, which is my habit, yeah, I'm more c- a little bit more closed. It's a very, very subtle difference. When I palms up, the chest opens, there's more space. So this is something just to play with for yourself. Yeah? We're all a little bit different and, and also quite similar. Yeah? So you play with these things, opening, uh, loosening the shoulders, opening the chest, feeling the uprightness, uh, emphasizing the grounding. We've talked about that a lot, feeling that contact, the ground, and play with that and, and see how that impacts um, the experience. So sometimes, you know, all of these are, you know, kind of opening the space, playing with that. Sometimes we also need to, another possibility is to bring the same teacher, Rob. Rob keeps popping in today <laughs> um, to do something that's called uh, bringing in more pegs. Yeah? So actually what we need is the mind needs more things, yeah, more pegs to stay um, connected, to, to pay attention to. Yeah? So if you're doing breath meditation, it might be counting the breaths. That brings in more pegs, yeah, more things to, for the mind to engage with. If you're doing metta, it might be that you're, um, you're, uh, the space between the phrases is smaller, so there's more phrases. Yeah. If you're using the body, um, it might be doing more of a body scan, right. particularly bringing attention to... So that's, that's kind of more pegs. I'm giving you a lot of options, so a disclaimer, don't try all of them. I mean, you, you won't remember them, so that's a relief. <laughs> but just pick one or two and, and try them out. Um, another possibility, yeah, so playing with the space of awareness, playing with the breath, playing with the posture, more pegs. Another possibility is to bring in metal compassion as an attitude. Yeah? So not even a formal practice, but just an attitude of kindness an attitude of care, an attitude of compassion um, towards yourself. Yeah, just holding yourself in metta. Yeah, holding this, <laughs> this, this tormented self, this tormented person, tormented by the hindrances. It's a bit extreme. But just holding yourself in metta and compassion. Yeah, bathing yourself in metta and compassion. Seeing how that, um, or, f- or feeling the space of the body kind of filled with, with um 
with compassion or metta. And similarly, you might just bring in an attitude of appreciation, gratitude, it does the same thing. They naturally kind of release contraction, open the space, make it less personal, right? Touching on things that relate to, to what I said last night. And then the last thing is, is kind of more emphasizing the wisdom ways of looking. Yeah. That reminder of this isn't personal. Yeah, because we really get into a tangle <laughs> and a struggle. Yeah. And we take it personally. It's, it's, again, don't take it personally that you take things personally. <laughs> it's what we do. But we see it and it's just, ah, it's not personal. It's not personal. It's just like the weather. Yeah. Yeah. It's an arising in the human mind, in the human consciousness. It's not personal. And I don't need to believe what it's telling me right now. Yeah. So sometimes for some of us that can just be really helpful. Just remember that. It's not personal. I don't need to believe this. Yeah. I don't need to believe this. So, you know, we learn a lot from getting to know uh, the hindrances. And I'm not saying this, uh, again, don't go looking for them. <laughs> they will arise in their time. Yeah? But we learn a lot because they arise not only on meditation retreat, they are there in our lives yeah, all the time. Uh, they just maybe uh, are less noticed yeah, because there's so much else going on. So learning how to work with them, learning how to play with them, how to engage with them, uh, is just really, really precious. Um, And yeah, one more quote from Rob, can't help it. Uh, He used to say um, that for him, someone sitting a a long retreat and doing uh, their practice, and what they learned, what they took away, you know, was how to skillfully engage with the hindrances. Yeah. He, he, he would feel like that was, that was a really good use of their time and his. Yeah. So it, 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 it's, not, it's not, we don't just work with the hindrances so that we can get on with our meditation practice. That's why I like to speak about them as opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that they get, just get in the way. Yeah. They're avenues to wisdom also. And they teach us about how our minds work, how our experience is shaped, and and how we can engage skillfully with it. So just a a few words about body pain. Um, It came up a little bit in in the posture workshop yesterday, and um, there's a lot of similarity of working with body pain and with the hindrances. And one reason for that is that if we're, wor- if we're needing to work with pain in the body, <laughs> hindrances are present, right? Yeah. When there's pain, naturally there's aversion and resistance. Naturally, yeah. It's a biological instinct, yeah. When there's pain, yeah. There's aversion and resistance, and there's desire for something else, <laughs> yeah, to be pain-free. Yeah, so we know that, yeah, and that those will feed potentially restlessness or tiredness because those are ways that we escape 
yeah, from what is difficult for us. And then the doubt will come in because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to work with pain. It's hard to feel pain. Yeah. So that, you know, we can just see when... So, so, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Um, and so the kind of... The first response is actually the same. <laughs> yeah. You can say there's physical pain or there's a, a different hindrance arising. The first response is the same. Uh, we respond by acknowledging, recognizing, allowing that this is here, yeah, and then bringing our attention back to our uh, meditation object. That's our first response. And, and the how that I was mentioning yesterday, how we do this is really important. It's done, if we can, with gentleness, with kindness, with compassion, uh, whatever frequency works for you. Yeah. And so... Um, that's the first response would be the same. Um, and then, uh, again, if, the, if just like with the other hindrances, if, if it builds up and it feels like it's, it's okay, it's there, <laughs> it's taking up my attention, uh, I need to attend to it, I need to engage with it. Um, so similar, opening the space of the body, really helpful, um, and particularly tuning into softening and relaxing the body space. So just like the mind contracts around things, the body contracts around particularly the unpleasant body sensations. Body contracts. So we soften and relax either the whole body or the area around um, the painful place. Um, or be invited to relax. Um, we can bring the breath there can be really helpful if, if, you've, if, you, if you work with the breath is bring the breath to that area. Either kind of breathing around it, towards it, yeah, soothing it, um, or imagining the breath coming in and out of that part of the body. Yeah. So I might have you know, pain in my knee and I'm imagining the breath coming in and out of the knee. And as it comes in and out, it's like massaging. And you can actually do the same with sound. It's a little bit more of a stretch where we can do it. The sound coming in and out of the knee. Yeah? The painful place. That's where it's being received. Mm. You can do that as well. Uh, we can bring metta there. We can bring that attitude. I don't know if we've have we used the word metta yet. I've used it a lot today. We used it a little bit. M-E-T-T-A. Um, usually translated, most commonly translated as loving-kindness, but uh, kindness, care, friendliness, goodwill, benevolence, it's got a lot of, uh, but it's basically that friendliness, attitude of friendliness of the heart. So we can bring, we can bring friendliness yeah, to, that, to that place that's painful, and we can uh, bathe it in that, or we can hold it in that, um, either, either metta or compassion. Yeah, I might find that one is more accessible than the other. And if it's, you know, if it if it just it becomes just a kind of a, a struggle with no end, <laughs> yeah, then you move, right? You move, and and you can play. Um, Jake mentioned yesterday moving uh, in a, in a way that is. A continuation of your practice. Uh, one of the ways I play with it is, is noticing, is really paying attention, saying, okay, "How can I? What's the minimum movement yeah, that's needed in order to relieve this 
this pain. And so what that does is it, it brings the attention right there. And I'm really interested and really curious. Yeah? How much is needed for, for relief? Yeah? And I'm saying all of that, and of course, if there's a history of injury or chronic pain, then, uh, you know, don't wait <laughs> till it's unbearable. Yeah? You know your body. So please be, be wise um, around it. Okay. So I said a lot, yeah? And I'm just going to recap the, the, the main points of the practice today and then we'll, we'll practice together. And so main practice today, we're bringing, we're opening the, the awareness to the whole body. Yeah. We're tuning in to the frequencies um, of what's okay what's pleasant, uh, what's good enough yeah, in, our ex- in, in, in our experience, with particularly with the meditation object that we're using. And then when uh, the, the reactivity arises yeah, in the form of hindrances, in the form of our relationship to discomfort in the body, then we engage. Yeah. We engage with that. Um, so that's, our, that's our, our practice for today. So if you need to, um, we're going to meditate for about 25 minutes. So if you need to just uh, change your posture, have a little, you know, stand up and sit down again, stretch any part of your body, um, then please do that. when you're ready, settle into the posture. Real encouragement to take, take your time as you settle into the posture. So taking your time, bringing interest and kindness right from the get-go. Settling into your posture. The real kind of curiosity around, can I, what would be the most supportive posture and can I really attune to the body and Attend to the posture so that it's as supportive as possible. So the body is as stable and steady as possible. You know, doing that, checking in with the with the base of the body, you know, those three points of contact, the sense of stability and support. Also checking in with a balance of uprightness and ease. 
in the body, particularly the back, the torso, shoulders and the chest. Just noticing how's the openness, how's the relaxation, and how's the sense of uprightness and alertness and aliveness. Also some attention to the neck and the head. And just sometimes can play with uh, imagining uh, that we're being kind of pulled up by a gently tugged up by a piece of string right from the crown of the head. Just noticing how that impacts the awareness. upright and relaxed. Softening the face, inviting it to soften, to let go. like you can just gently play with uh, exploring what happens when we bring a gentle smile to the face like the smile of the Buddha just a gentle smile or it can be a bigger smile if you like it's up to you just exploring what happens These are all things that we can come back to and check in with in the practice, that balance of uprightness and relaxation, softening of the face, that gentle smile. (laughs) Bringing the attention to the contact areas with the seat, body with this con- in contact with the seat and with the ground. Inviting the awareness to gather and collect there, ground in these sensations of contact. Like a tree rooting into the earth. The awareness rooting into those sensations of contact, stability.
And then from that rootedness in that contact, inviting the awareness to open, to flow up the body, down the body, front and the back of the body. Opening to feel the whole body doesn't need to have much detail to it, it's more like a general sense of the whole body, a light awareness. The whole body, and sometimes we can feel this as like a bubble or a cocoon of awareness. Just around the body. This whole space sensitive and receptive and alive. Keep opening that space, the whole body. And then when you're ready within that space, we can open to the primary object of our practice. Flow of the breathing or sounds or metaphrases. Take a few moments to establish this. Whole body awareness and then at the object that you've chosen for this practice time. Wide open awareness, receiving, sensitive to the object of our practice, object of meditation, breath as it flows through, the sound as it flows through.
And then tuning in particularly to the frequency of okayness, of good enough, nourishing, lovely in the experience. So it might be the softness or the fluidity of the breathing. the warmth that arises with the intention of metta. It might be a sense of ease that comes with hearing, just with hearing sound, not needing to do anything except hear it, receive it. Just tuning in, kindness, curiosity. What in the breathing, what in the hearing? What's okay there? What's soothing, what's nourishing, what's beautiful? Tune into that. And we stay with that. The experience changes, maybe something that was soothing is now disappeared, gone, and we find another frequency. there's distractions or the mind shrinks, the awareness shrinks around something, we just notice, acknowledge, recognize. Allow it and open out again. Back to the wide awareness, back to the object we've chosen. And whatever pleasantness, okayness is available with it. Remembering if reactivity arises in the form of the hindrances or pain in the body. If we can recognize it, allow it, not feed it with our attention, come back. Come back to the body, come back to the whole body awareness, opening it, stretching it, letting it fill the body. Feel that cocoon of awareness around the body.
come back, tune in to what is okay. What is pleasant, what is lovely. the momentum of reactivity persists then engaging actually already engaging but engaging even more opening the space of awareness playing with the breath posture playing with the attitudes of the mind What happens if I bring in kindness and compassion, gratitude into this moment? What happens if I remember this isn't personal? What happens if I breathe in a way that's really soothing, really nourishing? Invite that breath to fill up the whole space of awareness. So exploring. In your own way.
So in a moment the bell will ring. Just hearing the sound. Not rushing. Seeing if we can keep the thread of kindness, of curiosity, and of tuning into what is okay. Keep that thread going. Even when we change posture or open the eyes. sun has come out, it looks like. One of the favorite things about this hall for me is the, is the way the light comes in and you're sitting there meditating and suddenly <laughs> the light changes. So a real invitation to continuity of practice yeah. in a very light way. Yeah, we don't need to kind of be mindful of every single sensation in the body or in the feet, but just a sense of a light continuity of presence uh, as we move around, yeah, as we change from one posture to another. Yeah. And so these transitions from uh, the stillness practices in the hall, yeah, which by the way, didn't mention standing, you're really welcome to stand, yeah. very helpful if you're tired. <laughs> so, um, from the stillness practices in the hall to the um, practices that are in movement yeah. as we go outside. So what, does it m- what would it mean to have a light, kind, curious presence yeah. as I get up from my seat, as I walk out, yeah, as I kind of notice in my awareness other other beings around me as I put on my shoes, zip up the jacket. Yeah. Just, just having a sense of that, very playful. Um, and yeah, and to really sing the praises of the walking practice. Yeah. I mentioned at some point, I've just been on retreat here for a month and um, walking is such a beloved practice of mine, so I can really yeah, sing the praises uh, joyously, yeah, and especially in the grounds here, it's so beautiful. So as you come out, allowing yourself to feel what happens to the heart and mind and the being when you come outside and, and you know, suddenly there's the sky and there's the nature around you. And feeling that, that open-heartedness is really helpful for us as beings negotiating this life and as practitioners. Yeah. So, you know, some, some of us 
we love walking practice. For others, it takes more commitment, more intention. So just notice, okay, which one am I today? (laughs) Which one am I right now? Include that and engage. Yeah, go out. Yeah, if there's a strong desire for a cup of tea, by all means, make one. Take it out with you. (laughs) Yeah, take it out with you. And you know, practice walking with that cup of tea waiting for you at the end of your path. And there's a real depth of insight that can come in the walking practice. And so today, continuity of the practice today, opening to um, the lovely, to the beautiful, to the okay, yeah, as we practice out uh, in the walking also, there's a real beauty in the body moving. Yeah, Jake quoted Thich Nhat Hanh yesterday, that you know, beautiful quote is it's a, a miracle, <laughs> a miracle to, to, to be able to walk, to move. Yeah? The body moving. And if for whatever reason, you know, walking or walking slowly might be difficult for you, then, you know, that's why I call it movement practice. <laughs> then you practice moving in the way that's appropriate to your body. But it's that sense of, ah, the, the beauty in the movement um, or the beauty in the world around us. Yeah. Or in the beauty of others practicing. Tell you another one of my trade secrets. Watching other people, not too intently, <laughs> doing walking practice. Also really heart-opening. It's so inspiring. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Watching the birds, yeah, watching the trees. Just the sense of uh, opening to beauty um, in in the practice, um, and we can also really use this uh, whole body awareness. Yeah, if if kind of you've got an inkling that it's interesting for you, uh, you can connect to that at the beginning of your of your walking path. As Jake said, we start with standing, establish our presence. Then, so you can get a sense of the whole body. And then within that whole body, it might be that it's just the whole body walking, yeah, that sense of the whole body moving through the space. Maybe that within that whole body, we're grounded in the footsteps. Yeah, see what works for you. This is your practice. Um, if you if you like the kind of flavor of metta that came in yesterday afternoon, that sense of kindness, we might bring that in, a sense of like stepping on the earth with kindness, yeah, with care. How does that? What does that do? Kissing the ground with each footstep. What does that do? So kind of just opening that um, sense. And um, another, just one more last thing, uh, hopefully. (laughs) Um, if, if, the, if the reactivity arises, if there's, a, if there's hindrances that arises in, in the walking, something that can be really helpful is letting the energies flow down into the earth. Yeah, so we're using the, the, what, what you might notice when there's a lot of reactivity, the energy goes up into the head. Yeah, it's up here. And so we notice that we can let it go down, flow down, and the movement really helps and the stepping on the earth really helps. That could be really grounding and releasing um, of that 
uh, that energetic quality that comes with the reactivity. So, enjoy your practice. Yeah, enjoy your practice and uh, the exploration. And we'll be back here at 11.15 for the next sitting. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.